0: Mother, you've learned well. You're expert at Wu Tang.
1: <laughs> you learn. You had to suffer a lot. Otherwise, you'd never have mastered Qin Kang and the Wu Tang sword skills.
2: Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host miguel i like to cover topics from ancient history great leaders and generals from the past and i also like to talk about self-realization truth critical thinking and strategic spirituality outside the box non-conformist i'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative welcome to the alpha male buddhist from brooklyn podcast My email address is alphamelbuddhist at gmail.com. Let's start the show. Welcome to episode 20 of the podcast. Uh, Today on the podcast, we're going to discuss the war on men and the war on masculinity and the divine masculine. Um, As you know, there's a divine masculine and a divine feminine and the perfect balance that god intended the yin and the yang uh the perfection of all things is a balance of both you know and it's to the extent that you know biologically obviously you know you know without one the other cannot exist so you know we have all been assigned our strengths and weaknesses and you know there are strong women and weak men and weak men and strong women naturally of course but on a whole, you know, we, you know, have this biological, instinctive, chemical um, differences that we have and that we share. That's why men, you know, they, you know, have physically stronger bodies, thicker bones, more testosterone because they were meant and intended to go out and hunt and provide for the family. Whereas the women was her position was to care for the family and heal the people that are sick and, you know, provide, you know, gathering, you know, fruits and vegetables and such to balance out the meat that the man would bring back. And this is just the way it was. This is biological and this is a fact. And, you know, the media can change all these things. And one doesn't have more value than the other. They're both equally important, Um, both, both needed because one cannot exist without the other. And uh, I I might be missing some women's roles, I might be missing some men's roles, you know, through history. But, you know, they were both equally important because, um, as I said, one could not exist without the other. Um, Anyway, in this podcast, we're going to listen to a few sound clips from the mainstream media. Actually, I'm going to play a couple of clips from uh, Tucker Carlson from Fox News. And uh, Tucker's awesome, and I like Tucker. He speaks truth. I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be on television, you know, the the way he expresses himself and the truth that he brings to the forefront. But, you know, I don't watch really television, but when I'm on YouTube and looking around for for, uh, information and news, I, I come upon a lot of great clips that he has, Tucker Carlson. So you might want to check him out on YouTube. I wouldn't watch him on television. I don't watch too much stuff on TV um besides a couple of movies and such but not not few and few i pretty much don't watch any television at all now unless if it's a documentary and that would be on the internet anyway i digress um there's a few clips that i that i've chosen uh you know for, for to share with you guys and 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 just to listen to the nonsense that that is transpiring the brainwashing the speech control thought control and basically, again, it's just an assault on the family to separate the family and to break the family down because if you weigh you know, supposedly we're waging war on women and women's rights and all these things like that. And if you just listen to these clips, you know, you're going to get filled in with some information you might not have heard before. But they're waging a war on the family and the family unit, and they want to break the family. And when you say who, it's the powers that be. It's the people that have the best interest to keep us suppressed, keep us down, and uh, it's planned. You know, and it's something that you have to open up your eyes and look and be aware of. Waging war on family, break the family unit down, and the best and most effective way to do this. Is to separate the, the masculine and the feminine, separate the man and the woman and put them at odds with one another. It's funny, but today, um, parents actually want to be their children's friend on social media. They want likes from, from their children. They want to be buddy-buddy with their children. And you know what? We were not put here to be buddy-buddy with our children. We were put here to raise them and to bring them up in the way that they can excel and grow and become... Productive adults, you know what happens is when you pamper your children too much. When everybody gets a trophy, as they say, you know everybody wins. There's no losers. You're not teaching a child how to deal with real life because in life there are winners and losers and their degrees uh, of all those things. So, you know, back in the day, you know you played little league and you know you had one champion team. You had a winner. You had a loser. The winner got a bigger trophy. The loser got a smaller trophy. And what that would do is it, it would instill the person that came out in the lower position, the loser with the smaller trophy, to work harder, to be better and grow, and uh, would push all of society forward and improve all. But now everybody gets a trophy and everybody's dumbed down and it's all safe spaces and snowflakes and speech control and pro- you know proper pronouns and it's ridiculous, it's really ridiculous, so... Let's listen to, if I'm ranting here, but let's listen to a few of these clips and just kind of get filled in on what, um, what's going on, you know? So anyway, let's, uh, let's give it a listen. And uh, there's going to be about three clips on this episode. So let's, let's uh, proceed with the show.
0: Something ominous is happening to men in America. Everyone who pays attention knows that. What's odd is how rarely you hear it publicly acknowledged. Our leaders pledge to create more opportunities for women and girls whom they imply are failing. Men don't need help. They're the patriarchy. They're fine, more than fine. But are they fine? Here are the numbers. Start with the most basic, life and death. The average American man will die five years before the average American woman. One of the reasons for this is addiction men are more than twice as likely as women to become alcoholics. They're also twice as likely to die of a drug OD. In New Hampshire, one of the state's hardest hit by the opioid crisis, 73 percent of overdose deaths were men. But the saddest reason for shortened lifespans is suicide. 77 percent of all suicides in America are committed by men. The overall rate is increasing at a dramatic pace. Between 1997 and 2014, there was a 43% rise in suicide deaths among middle-aged American men. The rates are highest among American Indian and white men who kill themselves at about 10 times the rate of Hispanic and black women. You often hear America's incarceration crisis. Well, that's almost exclusively a male problem, too. Over 90% of inmates are men. Now, these problems are complex, but we know that they start young. And relative to girls, boys are failing in school. More girls than boys graduate high school, considerably more go to and graduate from college. In schools at every level, boys account for the overwhelming majority of discipline cases. One study found that fully one in five high school boys had been diagnosed with some form of hyperactivity disorder. That's compared with just one in 11 girls. Many of them were medicated for it. The long-term health effects of those medications, not fully understood but they do appear to include depression in later life. Women now decisively outnumber men in graduate school. They earn the majority of doctoral degrees. They're now the majority of new enrollees in both law and medical schools. For men, the consequences of failing in school are long-term and profound. Between 1979 and 2010, working-age men with only high school degrees saw their real hourly wages drop about 20%. Over the same period high school educated women saw their wages rise the decline of the industrial economy disproportionately hurt men there are now 7 million working age men in america who don't work they've dropped out of the labor force nearly half of them take pain medication on any given day that is the highest rate in the world by far far fewer young men get married than did just a few decades ago and fewer stay married ABOUT ONE IN FIVE AMERICAN CHILDREN LIVE NOW ONLY WITH THEIR MOTHERS. THAT'S DOUBLE THE RATE OF 1970. MILLIONS MORE BOYS GROWING UP WITHOUT FATHERS. YOUNG ADULT MEN ARE NOW MORE LIKELY TO LIVE WITH A PARENT THAN THEY ARE TO LIVE WITH A SPOUSE OR A PARTNER. THAT IS NOT THE CASE FOR YOUNG WOMEN. SINGLE WOMEN BUY THEIR OWN HOMES AT MORE THAN TWICE THE RATE OF SINGLE MEN. MORE WOMEN THAN MEN NOW HAVE DRIVER'S LICENSES. Whenever gender differences come up in public debate, the so-called wage gap seems to dominate the conversation. You've heard it. A woman makes 77 cents for every dollar a man earns. That's a statistic that you'll hear a lot. Presidents have repeated it, many candidates. It's everywhere. And yet that number compares all American men to all American women across all professions. No legitimate social scientist would consider that a valid or meaningful measure. The number doesn't mean anything. It's intentionally misleading. It's a talking point. Once you compare men and women with similar experience, working the same hours and similar jobs for the same period of time, that's the only way you can measure it, the gap all but disappears. In fact, it may invert. One study using census data found that single women in their 20s living in metropolitan areas now earn 8% more on average than their male counterparts. By the way, the majority of managers in the workplace are now women. Women, on average, are scoring higher on IQ tests than men are. Even physically, men are falling behind. A recent study found that almost half of young men failed the Army's entry-level physical fitness exam during basic training. Fully 70% of American men are now overweight or obese, as compared to 59% of American women. Perhaps most bafflingly and terrifyingly, men seem to be becoming less male, fundamentally measurably sperm counts for example across the west have plummeted they're down almost sixty percent since the early nineteen seventies scientists don't know why this is testosterone levels in men have also fallen precipitously one study found that average levels of male testosterone dropped by one percent every year after 1987 and it's not related to age in other words the average 40 year old man in 2017 would have testosterone levels 30 percent lower than the average 40-year-old man in 1987 there's no upside to this trend lower testosterone levels in men are associated with depression lethargy weight gain decreased cognitive ability Nothing like this has ever happened to a population this big. So you'd think we'd want to know exactly why. What's going on? How do we fix it? And yet the media ignore that story. It's considered a fringe topic somehow. Nor is it, believe it or not, a priority in the scientific research establishment. We checked, and we couldn't find a single NIH-funded study on why testosterone levels are falling. We did find a study on, quote, pubic hair grooming prevalence and motivation among women in the U.S. So those are the numbers, and they paint a very clear picture. American men are failing in body, in mind, and in spirit. This is a crisis. Yet our leaders pretend it's not happening. And in fact, they tell us the opposite is true. Women are victims. Men are oppressors. To question that assumption is to risk punishment. Even as women far outpace men in higher education, for example, virtually every college campus supports a women's studies department whose core goal is to attack male power. Our politicians and business leaders internalize and amplify that message. Men are privileged, women are oppressed. Hire and promote and reward accordingly. Now that would be fine if it were true, but it's not true. At best, it's an outdated view of an America that no longer exists. At worst, it's a pernicious lie. Either way, ignoring the decline of men does not help anyone. Men and women need each other one cannot exist without the other that is elemental biology it's also the reality that each one of us has lived with our parents and siblings and friends when men fail all of us suffer how did this happen how can we fix it we hope that this series each wednesday this month answers those questions
1: Catchy phrase but was it empty
2: The latest front in the GOP war on women is happening in the grocery aisles. The Republicans in Wisconsin are ramping up the war on women. The war on women alive and well.
0: How do you read it? Do you think that there is something of a war on women among Republicans? I think we have to fix that. Republicans are being accused of waging a war on women for something they're
2: doing that is very different than what the Democrats are doing. Republicans swear there's no such thing as a war on women. All out war that your party is waging on women
1: it's a war on your parts is what it is well we're not doing a show investigating the typical sex inequalities we're going to be a little more contrarian today and throw a few grenades is there a war on men let's ask our dapper party panel it's lawyer and feminist writer jill falopovic and gavin mcinnis contributor at tackymag.com. All right, so Gavin, you've written a lot about this controversy and yes. unpopular topics. So I'm going to start with you. Okay. Are men being discriminated against? Yes, clearly. I mean, the data shows it—from danger in the workplace to alimony payments to all these perpetual myths that, like, women make less money than men, and we accept it because we can take it on the chin. We're very nice guys, but. I'm getting sick of it i'm getting sick of the way we're portrayed in sitcoms i'm getting sick of the way fatherhood is trivialized and single motherhood is put on a pedestal because it's bad for america and i used to think women were too stupid to understand this but let's treat them like grown-ups and say sexism in 2014 is a myth and uh we're gonna have to get back to what matters and what matters is fatherhood Okay, so you're saying that alimony is totally skewed because men end up paying more of it, although women earn a lot more money now than when the laws and the rules were kind of set in place. Forty percent of women are breadwinners in America, in American households. Ninety percent of the alimony payments are by men to women. The numbers don't add up, and women should be able to do the same math that men can do. Uh, No?
0: Jill? Jordan Peterson is a professor at the University of Toronto. He's written a lot about the decline of modern men. We spoke to him recently. Jordan Peterson, thanks for joining us. We've got a long list of statistics that paint a pretty clear picture that boys seem to be falling behind relative to girls in the United States. Why do you think that is?
3: I think that that's partly a consequence of directed policy. So it's, it's linked to the idea that there's something wrong with masculinity and so that the expression of masculinity should be limited in in all sorts of arbitrary ways The fact that kids can't really play at schools anymore is a manifestation of that the the fact that male behavior is often diagnosed as attention deficit disorder for example is a manifestation of that Um, the the elimination of competition as a valid form of human interaction and the the failure to recognize that competitive sports for example are deeply cooperative in their fundamental nature as long as everyone is playing by the rules obviously so there's that that that's a large part of it
0: what's so you're saying that there is an organized not always explicit but still organized attempt to de-emphasize masculinity or to punish masculinity why
3: because because it's easy to mistake masculine competence for the tyranny that hypothetically drives the patriarchy it's part of a ideological worldview that sees the entire history of mankind as the oppression of women by men which is a dreadful way of looking at the world a very pathological way of looking at the world it's not like men and women always get along any more than men and men get along, or women and women, for that matter. But fundamentally, human history is a cooperative enterprise, and men and women have lifted themselves out of the mire over millennia in their cooperative endeavor. And to describe that as centuries of the oppression of men by, of women by men is an absolute, absolutely reprehensible ideological rewrite of history and it's what's taught in the humanities and in much of the social sciences at universities and increasingly in the public education system it's taken as an unassailable fact
0: and and you're saying that this has bad consequences for the development of boys
3: well how could you feel good about that I mean if you're if you're made out to be uh... what a potential manifestation of rape culture if you're part of toxic masculinity if your competitive drive is regarded as part of a tyrannical impulse if the heritage to which you are, to which you belong is regarded as an oppressive patriarchy then how in the world are you going to step forward with confidence and shoulder that that, that, that what would you call it that burden why would you why wouldn't you just step aside and retreat which is exactly what's happening
0: but if men are so aggressive and, and bent on domination, on establishing a patriarchy, why have they stepped back and allowed this to happen?
3: Yeah, well, I guess that's a good question, isn't it? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if they are precisely allowing it to happen. It's it's very insidious. The ideological movement that's driving this, part of the radical left, part of the radical left, I would say, is. It's a very insidious movement. It's not an easy thing to resist. And a lot of it occurs, well, for example, it occurs in the school system increasingly. And It isn't clear what, they're not men that are reacting to that, that's boys. It's not clear what they're supposed to do about it.
0: So, so if you, if it's you hard were to, to give, fight an ideological battle. It is, it is hard. And finally, if you were to give parents of boys one piece of advice for how, in their small way, they can fight against this trend, for the sake of their own boys, what would it be?
3: Well, I would say, first of all, encourage them. And I mean that most deeply, is that to encourage someone is to instill courage in them, to support their courage. And that doesn't mean protect them from what's dangerous. It means teach them how to be competent and teach them that they can rely on themselves to prevail, even in the darkest of circumstances. That's part of it. I would say as well, more specifically, And this is specific advice for parents. If you have your children in a school and they talk about equity and there's class and they talk about equity, diversity, um, inclusivity, white privilege, systemic racism, any of that, you take your children out of the class. They're not being educated. They're being indoctrinated. And there's absolutely no excuse for
0: it. I agree with that completely. You might run out of schools pretty quickly, though, here in this country. That would be just fine. The sooner the better. (laughs) Jordan Peterson, it's hard to express my gratitude uh, to you for telling the truth as you do. Thank you very much for that. My
3: pleasure.